0: Good morning church. Pray with me. Father, may you increase as I decrease, In the name of Jesus. Amen. It was about three years ago I had picked up my daughter from a friend's home. She seemed quiet and distant. When she got in the car and as we drove home, I wondered if something had happened. I asked her if she was all right. There was no answer. Just silence. It wasn't long before I noticed tears streaming down her eyes. She started crying. She shared with me that she just felt she didn't measure up. That she just was, she felt inferior. She felt that she just wasn't like the other girls, those girls in her grade, in her class. And that she just felt bad. And she felt not good enough. My heart broke for her. It's hard. It's hard to be a mama of a teenager who's struggling. The mama bear in me wanted to turn the car around and drive right back and fix it. (laughs) I don't know if it's the mama bear or the Hispanic or the, I don't know. I want to fix it. Instead, I listened both to God's small voice and my husband's wise voice. That said, just wait. Instead, I tried to help her see that that's the enemy's way. It's the enemy who wants us to believe we are not good enough. And it wasn't that the friends are enemies, no. But that the devil feeds us lies. He feeds us lies through circumstances. He feeds us lies through glances. He feeds us lies through words. And sometimes we fill in the blanks and we buy into his lies. Suddenly, she reached for the volume control in the car because she noticed a song that came on the radio. And she froze. Have you ever done that? Have you ever heard a song that just made you stop and pause? Arlette Driver writes in the Christian Reader, I was playing Christmas carols on the piano for my four-year-old great-granddaughter, Natalie. And when I played away in the manger, I thought she would enjoy hearing the words. So I started to sing as I played. After just a few words, I felt her hand, her tiny little hand on my arm, and as I looked down at her, she just said, uh, Grandma... Just let the piano sing it. <laughs> maybe, you have heard, maybe you have heard a song that has made you stop and pause. And maybe, maybe today you're sitting there saying, I'm not a singer, I identify with Arlette Driver, whose child says, don't sing no more. <laughs> maybe singing isn't your thing. Others might say, forget singing, music in general is just not my thing. Perhaps maybe even there's never been a song that has caused you to pause. Turn with me, if you will, to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19 and 20. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 19 and 20. Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus, and I think he's writing to the church In Sanford today, that little wonderful church of amazing people at Spring Meadows, he writes, Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, verse 20, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice how Paul says this. He says, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. The Greek word for speak in this passage is lalontes hoiotis, which literally translated means speaking, speaking, speaking to ourselves, speaking to one another, clearly talking, hymns. It's kind of a cool idea if you stop and think of it. Not that the context implies something. Its literal meaning is that we speak to one another out of the joy of our salvation. That we speak to one another in this expression of spirit filled joy and spirit filled realization that we are saved. I love this. It's as if he's saying, Remind each other in words of the tools that we use to worship God, which can be songs. He uses these three forms as almost a rhetorical force, not just distinctive to each. He simply reminds us to express our joy and salvation through words and song and share that with one another. Have you broken into song when greeting someone? What would it be like, Spring Meadows Church, if we walked into church and said, "Hello, how are you? So happy to see you!" I'm gonna, talk, I'm gonna start. <laughs> When I see you, I want to sing. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so happy that you've come, and I'm so happy to see the kids. And I love that the kids are starting to get to know me, and I'm getting to know them. Do you notice how kids have reckless abandon, they go just running up to you, and they hug you? What would it look like if we started singing to one another when we saw each other? How fun would that be? I keep telling my kids life is a musical. Just got to find the song. Paul then says the key part to this text. Go back and look at it again. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Music, songs, hymns may be beautiful, but they're merely words if your heart is absent. I have the current privilege to teach four to ten year olds in the pre-K classroom here at for Sabbath School. And that is until we have more teachers that come back to the classroom. And then I, I get to play with the teachers and, and the kids. So it's it's so fun when we have um, when we all be in full force. Kids, how many of you remembered your your tambourine? Oh, there's one right there in the front. Okay, we made a tambourine in class just Uh, two Sabbaths ago, not last Sabbath, actually. And if you brought it, pull it out. Do you remember the song? Yes, you have yours. Do you remember the song? It kind of goes like this. Kids, remember? Making melodies in my heart. Yeah? Making melodies in my heart. Making melodies in my heart. All right, I'm going to stop. For all the parents that have had the joy... Of coming to Sabbath school class, this silly little ditty is saying Paul's words. It starts in your heart. Worship is not your words. Worship is your heart. And children, the children have it so beautiful because they sing with reckless abandon. And yes, I know, for those parents who watch me in class think I'm the most foolish old lady they've ever seen. But when I'm singing with the kids, nothing can steal my joy. Mm -mm. Singing is meant to move us into praise. It provides a medium for the expression of emotion. Through music, we express our joy, our thankfulness, our surrendering Surrendering of worry, as Elder Lewis said. Surrendering of worry and guilt and pain. Actually, 41 Psalms tell us to sing unto the Lord. It doesn't say sing unto the Lord those who can sing good. It's commanding us to sing unto the Lord. Singing gives us an opportunity to become centered and poised towards our God. In Richard Foster's book, Celebration of Discipline, he writes, God calls for worship that involves our whole being. The body, mind, spirit, and emotions should all be laid on the altar of worship. We've been talking about spiritual disciplines and practices These are ways in which each of us can connect with God. I've had the privilege of experiencing God through many of these ways that the pastors have shared for the last several weeks. I've experienced God through prayer. I've experienced God through fasting and journaling, silence, which is harder for me, and solitude, that one too. But today we're talking about worship the spiritual practice of worship. Worship is how great... worship. I'm sorry, worship is not how great we sound when we sing. It's not even how perfect the song or sound fits together in a space in a certain time. Worship, rather, is recognizing who is worthy of our worship and admiration. Because... Our audience is one. It's one. The gracious Father, who alone is worthy of our worship. So let's call it what it is it's worth ship. He alone is worthy. What is the posture of our heart towards God? I have to admit, I don't enjoy singing with a mask on. But my worship to God is not limited to the physical. Because my heart is in it. I struggle with singing with a mask. And in those moments, I remember that my praise and my heart has to be louder. I would like to suggest that there are ways of connecting with God in our heart through music. I would like to suggest that each of you have a heart song. What is a heart song? I'm glad you asked. A heart song is a song that summarizes our personal experience with the Almighty God. A song that inspires us to lean on His great wisdom. A song that leads us into communion of heart and mind and spirit with the Creator and Savior. What is your heart song? What is the song Or the music that is in your heart for the Lord. Not out of duty, but out of gratitude, out of hope, out of love. I suggest that there are four categories that I'm going to share with you this morning of people's heart songs. So here's one the heart song of the hurting and suffering. Some of you have had to deal with emotional, physical, even spiritual pain. What song could you possibly have? Psalms 119 verse 50 comes to mind. It reads, Your promise revives me. It comforts me in all my troubles. Can there really be comfort in one's suffering? Author and speaker Annie Chapman tells the story. She tells the story, and I'm going to read it with you to you. All alone, she sat in the back of the church. The rest of the 500 women at the women's conference that weekend had already exited the auditorium. I was gathering up my books, papers, and props when I saw her at the back of the room. I walked over to where she was sitting. Her head was bowed low. Her shoulders were drooping. I sat down, and she began to tell me her story. She was the mother of three, her oldest son suffering from muscular dystrophy, had been confined to a wheelchair for most of his 17 years. Her other two children had a variety of learning and emotional challenges. With her head still bent, she whispered, I'm married to a mean, hateful man who makes my life miserable. He won't help me with our son. He refuses to help me at all. I buried my father this week, the woman continued. And at the funeral, I learned that my father had disinherited me from his estate because he hated my husband. Then she told me, I came this weekend with one prayer. I asked that God would do something with my husband. I prayed, Lord, I need a way out. I feel like a bird in a cage. Finally, she lifted her eyes and said, When I prayed that prayer, God spoke to me as clearly as I've ever sensed his voice. He said, Even A bird in a cage sings. With tears running down her face, she asked, What am I supposed to do with that? How do I live with that answer? Feeling utterly impotent, Annie replied, If God says sing, you just need to find your song." It might not change your situation, but it might be the start of the healing in your heart. So the woman started singing. Nearer, my God, to thee, nearer to thee, even though it be a cross, that raises. Perhaps this is you. Perhaps this story reflects the suffering, the heartache that you have right now. Perhaps this story reflects what you're enduring. What pain is God telling you to share with Him? Only to find that by singing and letting go, giving it to him truly, you will find healing. What is your heart song? Another form of a heart song is of the shallow, hallow, and doubting. So turn with me, if you will, to John chapter 20. John chapter 20, verses 25 to 28. You know the story. We're familiar with it, but there's something in the story today that I want you to see. John chapter 20, verses 25 to 28. Reading from the NIV. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. Talking, of course, about Thomas. Thomas said to them, See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, I can just imagine Thomas, my Lord, my God. And when I think that God his son not sparing, sent him to die. I scarce can take it in. What other response could Thomas have? What other response could you have? Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art how great thou art so beautiful listen to what jesus says to thomas he says to thomas in verse 29 i think he said it to thomas but i think he might be saying it to someone who's here who maybe is doubting doubting about who god is to them So then Jesus is talking to you. Verse 29, he said, Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. That's us. That's us. What will be your song? What song can your heart sing today? Perhaps you find yourself doubting because you have not put your hands where the nails were, but hear God's word. He's speaking to you. Find the song where God is speaking to you. Then there's a song of the hopeful. A passage found in Hebrews chapter 10, 23. This is a wonderful verse. And we're always thinking about this verse, especially when we sing our famous hymn, We Have This Hope, right? But look at this verse with me this morning. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. It says, Let us hold unswervingly. That's a great word. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. Amen. So where does your hope lie? Does your hope in salvation prompt you on how to live? When life seems to be overwhelming, can you really hold on to the hope that makes all of this other stuff seem less significant? That is the hope of eternity. I was doing some research when I was living in La Melinda for a project that the nursing school was was preparing to do in celebration of the hundred years of the nursing school starting there in La Melinda. I came across the story. A nurse tells about a long night, a late shift at a unit, where the inoperable, consumed by cancer patients, waited out their stay, or went home to hospice care one patient that had been brought in several days before he had come he had become rather famous in the unit for how irritating how angry how hostile he was to all including his family whose visits were diminishing on this particular night the nurse had been in his room countless times it was as if his call button finger had a twitch The dreaded sound came again. She was most irritated. She had a sick boy at home and wished she could be with him rather than here attending to this hostile man. Hostile, rude, angry man. There was nothing she could do that was right by him and she wished she could just dismantle his call button altogether, but I think that's illegal. And she stormed down the hall toward his room, She heard it. She heard it. It was this beautiful, soft, melodious voice singing. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. The nurse had to look and see. Because he lives, all fear is gone. A young mother with her two children resting on her and her onlooking husband holding her hand saying, Remember what unit this is? The young mother's in the bed, terminal, terminally ill, cancer. And she's singing because he lives. She wasn't singing because God had changed her circumstance. Sometimes that's the only time we want to sing. He's calling us to sing even when things don't change. She was singing because God had touched, changed, and saved her heart. And she could trust him. She was singing because she had hope. Hope in the Christ. Hope in the one that resurrected and was alive. Her heart song was a song of hope. The nurse cried. She realized at that moment that she had her whole life ahead of her, and yet she didn't know her song. How do you find your heart's song? How does music and singing and praising God bring about a spiritual formation in your heart? Start looking for your song. Look at the Psalms. Look at hymns. Look at praise music, contemporary music. Look at the Gospels. Look at classical music. Look at Gospel music. Look and search because Jeremiah tells us that when we search for him, we will find him when we search with all our heart. Pick a song this week that goes along with something that you're studying in the Bible. Pick a song, a hymn. Pick something that you find that says what you're thinking and feeling. Spend some time listening to what the Lord might be trying to teach you, what the Lord might be trying to heal in you. Today, I'm only suggesting four types. (laughs) There's many, many more categories to heart songs. Perhaps you choose a heart song for what you're experiencing in life this month. Or perhaps you choose a heart song that summarizes your life with God so far. Perhaps you choose a heart song that solidifies where you are wanting to be with God, but maybe just haven't made it there yet. Perhaps you already have had many heart songs along the way, Songs that depict the different challenges your life has shown you. Whatever the case may be in your life today, if you don't have a song, find one. Choose one. Listen to it. Sing it, even if it has to be in the shower. Pray about the song you will choose. Pray about the song that you're going to choose to commune with God with. And allow the words and the melody to draw you close to him. The last heart song is that of those who know they are loved by Christ. I know you're sitting there thinking, well, that's kind of broad, Pastor Alex. Shouldn't that be all of us? Those who know they are drawn by Christ, loved by Christ. The following heart song we can find in Philippians chapter 4, verses 2 to 7. Elder Lewis read for us verses 4 to 7. We don't usually read 2 and 3 because it's a bunch of stuff that we've never really understood. So let's read it today and see what God is trying to share with us. Philippians chapter 4, starting at verse 2. I entreat Uodia and I entreat Sinchi to agree in the Lord. Verse 3, yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. I love this verse. Most of the time we've looked at those verses four to six and four to seven. We've skipped over two and three because, again, we didn't understand. But let me tell you the story Uodia and Sinchi are two women in the church who are fighting. Thank the Lord this never happens at Spring Meadows. Man, that would, that's so not true. I'm sorry. <laughs> But the beautiful thing about Spring Meadows is that we hug it out and we love each other. And there's going to be problems, but we're going to love each other no matter what, right? <laughs> Amen. So, Uodia and Sinchi are two women in the church who are fighting. And Paul tells the church in Philippi to do whatever they have to do to help these women get along. Imagine that. Paul is telling the church, hey, help these women. He admonishes them to agree in the Lord. He explains that they're having a discord and that with discord, you can't work on the gospel. You can't make an impact of the gospel for the lives of others, for salvation of others, if there's fighting with them. And then he says, he acknowledges, look at that verse again in verse 2. He acknowledges that they are gospel workers, and that he needs them to remember what's important and how to come together. And then he tells them how to come together. So, in other words, if these two women had come to Paul and were bickering and fighting, he would say, Rejoice always. That seems odd. That seems as if it's really weird advice. He's not trying to listen to what their complaints of each other is. He just cuts to the chase. Rejoice always. This isn't always easy, is it? When someone is telling you that you are no good, or you're not good enough, or you don't measure up, or that you're a failure, it's really difficult to rejoice. But Paul isn't saying to rejoice because it's easy. He's saying to rejoice because you are loved by Jesus and that's the motive behind rejoicing. He's saying to rejoice because you are a gospel believer. He's telling us to rejoice so that our focus is on what Jesus has done over what someone else might say. He tells us to rejoice because of what it does in our heart, even in the midst of disagreement and discord. Many times we consider this passage to be a passage more focused on prayer, and I very much agree. Imagine if we prayed with our full heart, Prayed for those who ask for prayer. Pray for those we disagree with. Pray for those who we think um, are not our friends. We should be praying. But I think that Paul is challenging us as he was challenging Uodia and Sinchi. He's challenging us to also have thanksgiving. It's as if he threw that word in there. But I think thanksgiving and rejoicing go hand in hand. What would it look like for our hearts to turn to gratitude and rejoicing when a situation or disagreement comes to try to steal our joy? What would our disagreements or strife with one another look like? Could our heart song remind us of whose we are? We're loved by Christ. That's more important than our discord. We were driving home. She had reached for the volume. And she put the volume up. My daughter started to sing. Tears streaming down her face. Right there, right at that moment. She had an encounter with Jesus. She probably had heard the song many, many times. A lot of times when things are fine, we don't always hear everything that God wants us to hear. And God is not limited by circumstance. The song that came on was Beloved by Jordan Felice. These were the words head full of questions. How can you measure up to deserve affection to ever be enough? For this existence, when did it get so hard? Your heart is beating, alive and breathing, and there's a reason why you're essential, not accidental. You should realize you are beloved. I want you to know you are beloved. Let it soak into your soul. Forget the lies you heard. Rise above the hurt. Listen to the words, you are beloved. I wanted you to know you are beloved. You are beloved. She realized at that moment that the song coming on the radio wasn't a coincidence. It was a god She sang and sang through her tears and chose to believe she was beloved. She had a God moment as she saw that God draws near and reveals himself to us. We just have to stop and sing. At that moment, through that trial, she found her heart song. Have you found yours? You can borrow mine until you find yours.
1: Let the faith you're standing in seem to disappear. Just pray. When he knows himself, we are children of the King. So we live up behind the shield of faith, for the battle has been won. When we know Jesus Christ has been, so the work's already done.
0: pray shall we gracious father we are frail we are sinners we humbly ask Lord that you draw near reveal yourself to us that we will be like Thomas and drop to our knees and praise you we need you we love you and we praise you In Jesus' name, amen. Before I let you go, just want to remind you that we will have some elders here uh, at the front. If anyone's needing some special prayer time, we invite you to do that. Um, And also that there are offering uh, boxes on your way out. Happy Sabbath, church family. Love you guys.